My name is Keith Beavers, and do we dip grilled cheese into soup, or are we just going to eat that separately? I just, this is a lot of controversy. What's going on, wine lovers? Welcome to episode 28 of Vine Pairs Wine 101 podcast. My name is Keith Beavers. I am the tastings director of Vine Pair, and like... Are we doing good? How are we doing? Are we doing all right out there? We're doing good? It just rolls off the tongue, am I right? Prosecco. It's so easy to say, so easy to drink, it's so fun, everyone loves it. But where is it from? What are we doing? What's Glerda? we got to talk about Prosecco and get everyone up to, up to speed. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by La Marca Prosecco. La Marca Prosecco is an elegant, sparkling wine from the Veneto region of northern Italy. Inside each bottle of La Marca resides a sophistication refined by generations of Italian winemaking. Designed for occasions big and small, La Marca Prosecco aims to spread contagious joy by elevating the everyday and creating moments to share and celebration. La Marca Prosecco, make every day sparkle. I mean, how popular is Prosecco? Am I right? I mean, it's everywhere. It's in every supermarket. It's in every wine shop. It's in cans. It's in bottles. I had an Italian restaurant for a long time. It was the bubbly pour all the time. It's affordable. It's easy to drink. It's just, who doesn't love Prosecco? I mean, it's part, it's almost like part of our American drinking culture now, even though it's not even an American wine. It's Prosecco. But what do we actually know about this wine? There are things about this wine that, uh, like, up until 2009, changes were happening. There's, there's a lot going on with Prosecco. And you may be a little bit confused. If you've looked into it, you may be a little bit confused. Or if you've never looked into it, like, whoa, Keith, well, what does that mean? <laughs> the story's pretty cool. So let's talk about this story and get to where we need to get to to understand Prosecco. God, it's so fun to say. All the way up in the northeastern part of Italy is a region that I've talked about often in this series, Friuli, otherwise known as Friuli Venezia Giulia. This is the, one of the northeasternmost regions of Italy. And in the southern tip of this region is a long strip of land. And all the way down to the bottom of that tip is a, is a city called Trieste. It is a beautiful city on the sea. It's actually called sometimes Vienna by the sea because of the Habsburg rule for so long in this area. It is also called the city of coffee, which I think is very, very cool. And there is a lot of coffee happening in Trieste. There are, I mean, it's, it's a serious part of their culture there. It's amazing. There's a lot of history about that, but this is a wine podcast, so we have to talk about wine, right? So it's, it's an amazing city. Uh, going north from Trieste, you start working your way north toward, towards another really amazing place called Gorizia. And in that area is, oh, so much great wine is grown and made in that area. But before you get to Gorizia, you're driving north from Trieste, and you're driving, you drive by a suburb of the city of Trieste. The suburb is called Prosecco. It's a suburb now, but at one time it was an ancient village called Prosecco. But it, the name is actually even older than that. The, the, the old Slovenian name for this town was called Prosec. And 
the, 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 the suburb of Prosecco, the town of, the city of Trieste and Gorizia, this area is literally like maybe six miles from the border of Slovenia. And this is what I find very fascinating. The word Prosec, which is now Prosecco, it's said that that word means to cut through the woods. And I couldn't find it anywhere, but what I did find that there's a word in Slovenian called Prisek, which means to intersect or to cut. And the whole idea here is this town, what it seems to me to intersect or to cut would be, it's, a, it's so close to the Slovenian border, it was actually probably a town that was a major intersection, people coming in and out of these territories. And you know grapes were moving back and forth through this town. A little over two hours drive west of Trieste, you end up in the region of the Veneto. And you arrive at a town called Conigliano. And if you drive a few miles even further west, you hit a town called Valdobbiadene. I know, it's a big word, but once you get it down, it's another really fun thing to say. Valdobbiadene. <laughs> it's awesome. Between the towns of Conigliano and Valdobbiadene is an outcropping of a lot of steep hills. And it's in these hills, of course, hills, where wine has been made for hundreds of years from a short list of mainly white grape varieties. The most popular grape, of course, is the Prosecco grape. There is no other reference of Prosecco anywhere in these two towns except for this grape. And since around the late 18th century, it seems that there have been other grapes with the name Prosecco in this area that were found because they look different than the original one they were working with. So for a long time, there was Prosecco Tondo. Tondo means round. Prosecco Lungo, because it was a sort of a, an elongated grape. And Prosecco Nostrano, which means our Prosecco. I'm not really sure why. That's why they called it that. And that's not an important part of this story, but it's something that, that, to kind of put a pin in that because I'm going, to, I'm going to reference that later. Now, in the beginning, it was mostly all still white wine, but at some point in the 19th century, uh, the bubbly wine that we know today began to emerge. And it was done in the, in, in the traditional method. If you listen to episode seven, we talk about the different ways of making bubbles and, and, and bottles. And this is the original way, the old, the old school way, the way they do it like in the famous region of Champagne. And of course, this would gain in popularity, but it wasn't until the 20th century when Eugene Charmant created this thing called tank fermentation, otherwise known as the Charmant method. We go over this in episode seven as well, where a wine goes through its second fermentation to create the bubbles, not in the bottle, but into a pressurized tank. So you can make more of it, and it's also less expensive. And when this technology reached this area, it was embraced immediately. Not Maybe not immediately, but it became the norm. And it makes complete sense because Prosecco is not a wine that ages, really. It's a wine that is meant to be consumed mostly in its youth. Um, it's refreshing. It's floral. It's crisp. You know, the complexities of the wines made in Prosecco are not about the aging 
aromas and all that. It's about what the grape gives you from the vineyard. You're basically getting that immediate gratification from the vineyard with bubbles in it. And often with a little dollop of sugar. So like, my gosh, why? It, it makes sense. This wine became extremely popular. It was bubbly. It was dry with a little bit of sweet. It was floral. I mean, that's like, that's like daytime wine. That's like, you know, just it's lunch, it's breakfast. I mean, there's a reason why Prosecco added to a bunch of crushed peaches and pushed through a sieve to make a Bellini is absolutely delicious. There's a reason why the mimosa is the mimosa and Prosecco is part of it. Of course, that's not all of it. I mean, Prosecco on its own is extremely delicious and refreshing. And some Proseccos actually have a specific focus to them. There's actually a hill area in this Valdobbiadene Colignano uh, hills called Cartizze. And in this particular hill, the grape that makes Prosecco, it ripens just a little bit more than other parts of the area. So it's considered kind of a crew area. So if you see, uh, you know, a, a, a Prosecco with the word Cartizze, and I, you, you know you're getting a very refined sort of focused example of the wine that comes out of this area. We haven't talked a lot about Appalachians, specifically in Europe, in this series, and at some point we will, but I have to say this about Italy because it's part of the story. The Italian Appalachian system is in, has really three major categories. The top is DOCG, Demonazione Origine Controllata Garantita, just means it's a very specific demarcated area with very strict rules to have a name of that area on your label. Then there's DOC, Demonazione Origine Controllata, which is just a little bit less restrictive than the DOCG. And then after that, there's something called IGT, Indicazione Geografica Tipica, which means as long as you make the wine in this area, it can be called a wine from this area. And for a long time, the Prosecco wine being made in this part of the Veneto was an IGT. It didn't have an Appalachian system, really. And as this crispy, fruity, floral, refreshing, bubbly wine became more and more popular, other places around the country, around the region, and around the world basically would make wine and call it Prosecco just to cash in on the popularity of the Prosecco being made in the Veneto. And this went on for a very long time, from the, through the 80s, through the 90s, through the early 2000s, and it wasn't until, I think it was 2007, they started talking about it. And in 2009, something big happened in this area. But this is the moment here where things change. This is, where we, this is how we see Prosecco today. And the way it changed was pretty intense. A couple things were happening here. The sort of real Prosecco was being made in this region. All over you know, the Valobiadene, Colignano, and then even around this area up into Freely. There was Prosecco being made here, and it was being made from the Prosecco grape, or one of the three grapes that are called Prosecco. And this area has a very rich history with this grape, with this wine, and it was very kind of insulting that they would see the wine being made with their name on it, not from their grapes, other places. Also, the majority of this Prosecco that was very focused and Sirius was being made in those hills between Conegliano and Valdobbiadene. So the goal was to secure the legacy of the classic region in which Prosecco became known, while 
securing the area under an appellation to make sure that nobody else could copy their style. To do this, it would be best to create a DOC called Prosecco and put rules into that DOC so that it has to be made in this area with these grapes to be called Prosecco, therefore securing their name. But the thing is, the history of Prosecco and its legacy could not be told without that town two and a half hours east, all the way on the southern, near the southern tip of Friuli, just north of Trieste. Okay, now bear with me here for a second. In Slovenia, just over the border from Gorizia in the town of Prosecco, the grape that is used to make Prosecco in Valdobbiadene in that area is called Briska Glera in Slovenia. And in Friuli, it just so happens the synonym of the grape that makes Prosecco in Friuli is called just Glera. So it's thought that this grape is of Slovenian or Croatian origin, but when it made its way through the town of Prosecco, somehow it must have been labeled as such or it gained the name Prosecco, made its way over to the Valdobbiadene Conigliano region, and by the time it got there, they were calling it the Prosecco grape, probably named after the village. Okay, so what happened in 2009 is to create a DOC called Prosecco, starting out in the Veneto, you cannot create the appellation without including the original town the grape is named after two and a half hours east. So what they had to do is they had to create a DOC that was large enough to cover not only the classic area over in the Veneto, but it had to stretch all the way around to the original town Prosecco just north of Trieste. And this created a very large DOC, like almost like around 35,000 acres, which is just a lot. And then what they had to do was if the name of the DOC is Prosecco and the name of the grape is Prosecco, there could be some confusion there. So they've renamed the Prosecco grape. It's no longer called Prosecco. It's now called Glera, the word used as a synonym for the grape Prosecco in Friuli. But because this DOC is so big, it kind of would drown out that original classic area. So what they did is they created a DOCG in the original area called Corelliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore DOCG. That is one name. So it's a lot to say. Even the word Valdobbiadene is a lot to say. So you often see on wine labels, it'll just say DOCG Valdobbiadene. And remember when I was talking about that special hill they have there called the hill region area called Caritizze? Well, that area itself is a DOCG within the larger DOCG. And the name of this one is Conegliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore di Caritizze. It's a lot to say. <laughs> and so what you'll see on the labels for that, it'll just say Valdobbiadene and in pretty much big words, Caritizze. They want you to know the grapes are coming from that area where the grapes ripen so well. And wait, there's more within this DOCG that has a DOC in it 
They also have this system called Rive, which is basically like a village, like a commune. And we talk about Burgundy, we talk about communes. So this is what this is. And on the label, it'll say all those words and then have a name of the Rive on there, letting you know it comes from a specific kind of terroir. And the thing is, you'll see a lot of this around. Now, the thing about this area is they're basically doing the Charmont method, method as well, but there are people now going back words and doing traditional method as well, trying to get more concentration out of these wines. And just south of that, all that is another DOC called Colli Asolani Prosecco. And it's just a small outcropping of hills. They make less of it. You're not going to see that as much on the American market. You're mostly going to see Valdebiadene, but you know, it's there, it's around. Now the larger area, that huge area is just called the DOC. And not all of these areas have hills. It's a lot of lower-lying lower you know, elevation. So some of the more affordable Proseccos that you see come from just the... If you see, just see DOC, it's coming from a very, very large area. If you see DOCG, it's coming from a small, concentrated area. And now also Chardonnay, along with other native grapes, can be used... can be blended in. So there's no more Prosecco grape. It's now called Glera. And remember earlier we talked about like there's Prosecco Tondo, Prosecco Lungo, and Prosecco Nostrano? Well, they're now, this is what's crazy is that it turns out Prosecco Tondo, which is really the Prosecco grape, the Glera grape that everybody uses now, is a sibling of Prosecco Lungo. One's just a bigger one, one's just a smaller one. And Prosecco Nostrano actually through DNA profiling turns out to be a completely different grape called Malvasia Bianca Lunga. So now, oh my gosh, it's Glera Tondo, Glera Lunga, and Malvasia Bianca Lunga. And with the addition of a grape called Verdiso, a grape called Bianchetta, and a grape called Pepera, that makes up all the grapes that are happening in this DOC, DOCG, DOCG area. And last but not least, we have to talk about this new development that's happening in this region. It's actually not new at all. It's actually pretty ancient, but it's coming back in style. And you're going to see it on the American market, and it's pretty cool. It's Prosecco made just like a petillant natural. We talk about that in episode seven of the bubbly episode. It's naturally sparkling wine. And in, in, in this area, they call it col fondo, which means with sediment, where the bottle is fermented. It's fermented in bottle, but the yeast is not taken out. Instead, the, the, the crown beer cap stays on, undisgorged, and then goes out to the market. What's really unique about this style of wine is the people that are making these wines aren't really using the Glera grapes so much as they're using all the other native varieties that I listed. And because this is really wild, because of all that you know, organic junk in that wine, the Colfondo Proseccos can actually age for a couple years and get a little bit of depth to them. It's, it's pretty wild. And, but be, and because there's no dosage, they're actually bone dry, but they have a full mouthfeel because of all of the depth that grabs from the dead yeast cells. It's a very cool, different take on the whole Prosecco thing. And it's different because the dosages that are used with Prosecco you, you, you normally see on the market are going to be mostly labeled extra dry, which is about 12 to 17 grams per liter of residual sugar or dry, which is 17 to 32 grams per liter. So they're going to be a little bit sweeter because of that dosage, and Colfondo just doesn't have that. So that's Prosecco, wine lovers. Now you know when you're drinking one of the most popular bubblies in America, 
you know what's going on. Cool. I'm stoked. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm putting down, go ahead and give me a rating on iTunes or tell your friends to subscribe. You can subscribe. If you like to type, go ahead and send a, you know, a review or something like that. But let's get this wine podcast up so everybody can learn about wine. Check me out on Instagram. It's at VinePearKeith. And also, you've got to follow VinePear on Instagram, which is at VinePear. And don't forget to listen to the VinePear podcast, which is hosted by Erica, Adam, and Zach. It's a great deep dive into drinks culture every week. Now for some credits. How about that? Wine 101 is recorded and produced by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the VinePair headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mellon. I also want to thank Daniel Grinberg for making the most legit Wine 101 logo. And I got to thank Darby Seaside for making this amazing song. I mean, listen to this epic stuff. And finally, I want to thank the Vine Pear staff for helping me learn more every day. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by La Marca Prosecco. La Marca Prosecco is an elegant, sparkling wine from the Veneto region of northern Italy. Inside each bottle of La Marca resides a sophistication refined by generations of Italian winemaking. Designed for occasions big and small, La Marca Prosecco aims to spread contagious joy by elevating the everyday and creating moments to share and celebration. La Marca Prosecco, make every day sparkle.